Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance and I have multiple guests on today. Joining me today is Rosie Taylor, Kelly Wepler, and Don Westerberg. They are all independent marketing consultants, happen to be members of the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network, and they are also co-authors of a book we're going to talk about today called Renewable Referrals, How to Cultivate More Profits. So ladies, thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. So I, I guess before we get too far in the book, um, you three are co-authors on this book, but you have some other authors as well that joined you, don't you? That's right. We have um, three other authors that helped us out here. So there are six of us in total. Uh, Ray Perry out of Atlanta, Debbie DeChambeau um, out of the Maryland area, and Jeff Steck, who is in Austin. Well, so uh, I think it actually merits talking before we even talk about the book itself. I think it probably merits spending some time on what is a somewhat unique uh, process. I have written four books now, and I, um, for good or bad, have written every word myself in those. And so you guys had, uh, I, I guess we could almost call it a team of authors. So uh, I wonder if you could kind of, first off, maybe, you know, how'd you come about the idea of doing a book together? Well, actually, the genesis of it was at uh, the last gathering um, of annual meeting for all of the duct tape marketing consultants. And Kelly and I were there as well as Debbie. And we, we had set a goal of, um, after a year's time, having authored a book. And Kelly, why don't you elaborate um, on that point? Sure. Well, one of the things, John, you had asked us to do at the last gathering was to make a commitment. And the commitment that I had verbally stated was to write a book. And my commitment was also to have some elements of collaboration in it. And so the six of us have kind of been collaborating for a while now and, and kind of, you know, in a mastermind function, that type of environment where we get together on a regular basis. And so as a group, we talked about it. And then um, I mentioned that that was my commitment and that was something that I was looking at doing. And we just decided as a group that why don't the six of us work together and see what we can do to produce our own book. Was it hard to come up with a, you know, I, I sometimes struggle to come up with sort of a consistent thread that I want to put in my books and I'm, you know, the only brain <laughs> working on it. So, you know, was it hard to come up with even a topic that you all wanted to contribute to? Um, I, I think that referrals uh, are critical to every business and especially in a B2B environment, um, there are no impulse buys and the time required for a prospect to move through the marketing hourglass that you talk about in duct tape marketing is usually months, but in some cases years, depending on the complexity of the products or services. And so, Referrals seemed like a very natural place to start as as a complement um, while you're getting your marketing system set up because we all consult with businesses and do their marketing for them. Um, we can't really guarantee that we're going to be bringing business in in 30 or 60 days. So the best thing to do is to get started on referrals. And that's I think that's why we selected referrals as our topic and kind of built off of what you did in the referral engine. So again, I know all of you are first time authors, so this may be a little hard to put in perspective, mm-hmm. but 
Would you say that you discovered any kind of unique benefits of this approach? Um, and then, of course, well, the obvious, I'm going to flip around and say, were there, in your opinion, unique challenges <laughs> to this approach? So, Rosie, we haven't heard from you. What do you what, what's your take on that? Um, I think the benefit is that we all kept each other accountable. If it was me by myself, um, there, I'm sure that the books would still be in my uh, Word docs or right. in my head, maybe. Um, so I think that was a huge help. And um, and just having the collaboration and the ideas of all these different people in our group was great. Um, it really helped um, tremendously with uh, different examples to support what we were trying to say. Um, so then how about challenges, any of you? I think the biggest challenge is, is you know, um, keeping everybody committed to it. So that was, I think everybody was very well committed for such a large group. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect sort of out of this experience. We'd all worked together before on some other, you know, little projects and whatnot. But this was a much bigger um, commitment that we'd all made. And that was the part that I think in some cases, in some weeks it was challenging, but in other weeks it was great because you had other people there that you could, you know, kind of um, go back to and ask for feedback from them um, and also ask them for help on some of these things. Because everybody, each of the six of us really had, you know, a specific skill set or specific um, uh, attributes that they brought to the process. Because there was a couple of us that, you know, really were responsible for the writing of the book. Don and I spent a, a, a tremendous amount of time on that. Mm. With working with the other folks, we'd asked sort of everybody to contribute up front. Then we sorted through the details um, as far as what the contributions were and um, kind of went through an editing process from that perspective. But then, you know, Ray and Debbie worked on researching how to market the book and kind of um, taught the rest of us about that project. Rosie's online and web skills, it was, you know, really a no-brainer for her to take responsibility of that piece. Mm. And then Jeff picked up on the social media piece of it. Well, that's interesting because that's one of the things I was going to ask of if, if you just kind of parceled it out and everybody took a chapter and then somebody had to make it all sound yeah. the same because I, obviously even when I write a book, uh, all by myself, uh, I you know an editor plays a really key role in even taking what I've written maybe over a period of time and making it sound the same and make sure that I haven't said one thing one way and another thing another way. So that editor role uh, is pretty crucial, I think. Right. And the other thing we did do was go to an outside editor mm. um, to help us through that process, just to really ensure that we had a consistent voice throughout the book, because that was a concern, too. Now, are there any other collaboration now that you're through this? Uh, I know that obviously you've got a lot of work left to do in selling those books, but um, are there any other collaboration ideas uh, in your future uh, as a group? Well, we've... We've been collaborating on any number of things. Um, Kelly and I are are talking about a B2B lead generation book. Um, hmm. We're in the very early stages of that. Um, I, I and that that's the um, the mastermind group that we had. The book was just one of many projects that we had, yeah. and um, and so kind of living the book out in a, li living it out. Um, a lot of referrals and a lot of cooperative marketing has been going on between various members of our mastermind group. Um, I've got a couple of projects going with Rosie right now. Kelly and I touch base every other week on things specific to our particular vertical and, and niche that we work in that's different than the rest of the group. And I, th I, I think there have been other collaborations. Those are just the ones I'm yeah. involved in, but I think other members have collaborated with 
the rest of the team as well. Yeah, I, th- I think in a lot of ways, what I'm hearing is it's really the mindset of collaboration that uh, that kind of runs through w- what you guys are doing from a working standpoint. And the book, in some ways, was almost really just a natural kind of outpouring of that. Right. And, you know, you, John, you've talked about this a lot, about how every business, really every business owner needs to be publishing. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think a lot of us had like a secondary goal. Um, one, we, we really wanted to get that content out there to help us um, within our own businesses. But um, there were a few of us who were wanting to go through the process to know whether or not it would be something that we would recommend to our mm. clients, yeah. you know, when they get into very, very specialized markets. And it was good to know because Rosie kind of made a joke about, well, if it had just been me, it would still yeah. be in my head or in a Word document. And I can say <laughs> for sure that there wouldn't be a website up. There would, you know, there, there were so many moving parts to that that I'm in a much better position to tell a client what all would be involved in putting together a book. And and we, and we all know that it, it, a book can be a – obviously, it can be a great tool on its own, but it also is a great tool to support your business as, almost as a marketing piece as well. Absolutely. So the uh, – and we can edit that out. Um, the um, – the word renewable, I'm, I'm curious a little bit uh, if you want to explain kind of how you fell on that as I, I ask a lot of the folks that I have, a lot of authors that I have on this show, uh, sometimes if they've got a concept <laughs> that's in the title, I, I want to know a little more about uh, that because that's obviously a major thing. Yeah, that if you think in terms of, and, and I'm using the duct tape terminology, but but going through the marketing um, hourglass of know, like, trust, try, buy, repeat, refer, Um we think of that with prospects as, you know, serial progressions. You go through that once with each of your, your prospects and either you close them or, or you don't and you continue to market with them. But one of the benefits of doing that with referral partners, and, and we've really kind of widened the net. It's not just getting customers to refer, but looking for complementary business, mm-hmm. businesses that serve your market to refer as well, is that you go through that marketing hourglass once and multiple opportunities can come from that. Um, it's, it's a relationship that in a lot of ways can be developed in a much fuller and much more profitable profitable way than with one prospect after another. And, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is getting very creative and not just passing names back and forth, but getting into cooperative marketing, um, you know, sharing space at a conference or trade show, um, developing lists together, developing campaigns together. And that's that whole idea of renewable is, is, is really cultivating those referral relationships to continue to bring in a source of revenue. Well, one of the things I've always found somewhat puzzling, but it's, it's actually been good for business um, in a way for, for me and for folks like yourselves, is that I think everybody gets this idea of how powerful referrals are. But then there's this, I don't know if it's fear, if it's laziness, if it's uh, just didn't think to do it, but there's, there, nobody seems to be doing anything about it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, every audience I speak with 
some percentage above 50% say that they get most of their business uh, by way of referrals. But then I'll ask them this, this, that same group, well, what do you do to stimulate referrals? Oh, well, they just kind of happen. I mean, why do you suppose that is? Uh, commitment. I, I, I think that I really think that the best way to launch a referral relationship is to provide a referral first. Mm. And and so I, I think too often the reason that there's paralysis or there's this gap is that everybody goes home from the conference or, um, you know, go, goes you know, hangs up the phone and and waits for the referrals to come in rather than um, really kind of digging in, rolling up your sleeves and, and deciding I'm going to make the first move and I'm, and, and I'm going to bring some business to my referral partners. Nothing puts you top of mind uh, quite as quickly and indelibly as bringing someone some business. Well, I, I think there's no question about that. We'll come back to that. But I'm, I'm actually talking about, um, uh, you know, for a lot of people, the default is their customers. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, I don't I don't want to ask my customers or it'll seem like I'm begging for business. And, you know, these are people that I want. I want them to believe that I've got all the business I can handle. And, and I think that that uh, dynamic actually uh, comes to play as well. I think you're right about that. And this is one of the things that we talked about in writing the book is, you know, there's some folks that go along with the, the path of, you know, being very direct in terms of asking for referrals. And one of the things that we talked about in the book is is you can still do that and still be subtle about it because um, some people really aren't that comfortable with that process. But I think that, you know, we give some ideas in the book as to how you can do that in a much more subtle manner that maybe ma- maybe matches to a personality a little bit better, too. Well, and I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, too, we also talk about kind of this um, – idea that people want to refer so if you can make it easy for them you'll kind of see it happen naturally because they've wanted to all along i know when i do surveys for new clients um one of the first things i say is uh have uh have you uh would you refer this person they say yes and then when i ask them have you they say no and i think that's where the program comes into play um just like you said in referral engine if you make it easy for them it'll happen yeah, and, I, and and this is the this is sort of the the dirty little secret that I think a lot of people don't want to breach, but I I think that it obviously needs to be front and center. I do think sometimes people wonder how much value they actually are delivering, and so the conversation about am I delivering? Are you happy enough that you would refer somebody to me? Is a tough one to have if there's some doubt in your mind. And I, you know, I I get a big chuckle when I say this when I speak, but I, you know, quite often I'll tell people that the secret to getting more referrals is to be more referable. Um, and it's not really much more difficult to, <laughs> than, than that. Uh, um, and I think that that's, you know, that's, you know, the first thing to go to work on. Um, so you ha- you've all mentioned this idea of in the book, you lay out a system. So without giving away, you know, a hundred pages worth of of content can uh, can one or all of you kind of map out the components of this system? You know, I love that word. <laughs> um, Kelly, I, I thought that that would be a good one for you, but yeah, <laughs> uh, don't. If I... Here, I was going to accuse you of all speaking at once, and now, right? you're, now you're all being shot. <laughs> Well, we did talk about strategy first, right? Like, yep. like all of us do, um, and knowing who it is that you actually want referrals from, right? You don't want referrals from everybody. I think 
part of it also is, you know, we talked a little bit about this before, but the passive versus very active. And, um, you know, you come back to the whole systemization piece of it and having a process that you can follow and going back and checking on that process, because I think that's, you know, the trap that people fall into. They wait for other people to come to them and offer a referral, but aren't very active in the follow up process. And part of that follow up process is, again, sort of reiterating, well, what does make an ideal client for you and who are you mm-hmm. successful with and what kinds of results and outcomes are you delivering? And making sure that that's the kind of information that you're actively communicating back to that referral network that you're building. One of the things we ask the readers of the book to do is is to actually um, document the goals that they have, and that might be quarterly. So, mm-hmm. what just as you would have lead generation goals, or just as you would have revenue goals and sales goals, it's you know give yourself benchmarks. You know, this quarter I want to reach or identify or whatever it might be 20 to 30 referral partners in in the same 90 days I want to I want to uh, develop relationships with three out of the 30 names that I brought back from a particular conference um, and then to to set up the the times to speak with those referral partners and and to really you know and then a, a larger goal might be by the end of the year, I want to have exchanged guest blog posts with, you know, four of my referral partners. Um, I would like to be able to do some cooperative marketing and would invest up to X number of dollars with this referral partner. And it really is in setting up the goals and and not leaving referrals to chance, but looking at it every day, just the way a business owner would monitor whatever was in the um, pipeline in terms of sales to monitor the referral relationships in, in much the same way. Yeah, that that actually leads very nicely into the the next uh, thought I was going to have because there's so many there are so many ways to activate and motivate and collaborate with these strategic partners because of all the wonderful online tools that we have. But um, one of the questions that comes up quite often is. What about incentives? You know, a lot of people <laughs> immediately when they think in terms of referrals go straight to, do you pay for them? Do you keep score? You know, what's the best way to motivate somebody? And I'd love to hear your guys' take because I know you write about it in the book. We do. We do. And it's it, it's going to uh, vary based on who is making a referral to you. Um, so, for example, if, if you're working relationships with those in profe- who are professionals like CPAs or attorneys, um, you, need to, you need to be very cognizant of what is acceptable within their profession. So, for example, a CPA, um, let's say that they make a referral for, to you, you're, you happen to be selling accounting software. Well, the, the CPA doesn't want to jeopardize a $30,000 auditing gig um, to get you know a $3,000 referral fee on, on the software. So you figure you, you get creative and and this would be something that you would develop in ad, in advance. And I, I think there are really two points of, of where you need to reward the the referral. One is rewarding the behavior. So John, you give me a referral and immediately just just doing the 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 minimum of saying thank you for that, both right. in writing and email verbally. But then also sending uh, off something you know, it, it could be a, a small denomination gift card, a, a logoed mug with candy in it, 
whatever is appropriate for the recipient. And I call that just rewarding the behavior and then um, have a plan for and make sure that your referral partner understands that if this business closes, it's going to result in a a percentage of the revenue that comes in, um, a flat finder's fee, a gift card of of some kind. But that that should be known in advance. And it it should also be very, very clear that, you know, that it, it's it's upon um, me closing and collecting the check for the business. Right. So you have mentioned this idea of strategic partners, and you know I, of course, love that idea as well. Um, what, uh, what advice do you have for somebody who says, okay, I get the idea, uh, but how do I find good referral partners, right? Because you want to co-market with these people. You want to refer them, hopefully, to your your clients. I mean, so so how do you go about the process of assembling kind of the best of class team? Um, I, I I think it's sort of birds of a feather yeah. um, go together, and so. I've used, for example, the Duct Tape Marketing Network, as have Kelly and Rosie, to to find other marketing people that complement what it is um, I do. But it, in even going outside of marketing services, um, I, I have a real easy litmus test, and I'm sure that Rosie and, and Kelly have other um, uh, criteria that they will share with you. But I am the most comfortable with a referral partner who is just boldly and rigorously honest with me and will answer the questions, what are the strengths, but what are the weaknesses? Because I'm dealing with my clients and and I'm not using the weaknesses as an excuse not to do business with them, but rather I need to know what the weaknesses are so that I don't lead my clients down the wrong path. And so I'm always the most comfortable with someone who is really... Um, very, very honest with me about this is where it fits and this is where it doesn't fit. And and that's one thing, uh, that, that's a benefit of our mastermind group is a lot of tools, a lot of services. I've been able to talk to other marketing people and find out the context of how they've used them mm-hmm. and when they've used them. And it, it makes my long list of things that I need to research a lot shorter. Yeah, I and, and Kelly and uh, Rosie, if you have something to add to that, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, other thoughts. But I, I have long, and, and you've kind of alluded to this, but you know, asking your customers uh, who who else they think is best of class in other services, I, which is essentially what you're talking about. I mean, you're you're talking about um, you know talk to uh, the uh, other members of the network, and I mean, so those are people that you already have a relationship with, and um, that can go a long way, I think, because, uh, you know, and especially when you're trying to then reach out to that potential strategic partner, you, you kind of have this shared customer uh, that mm-hmm. uh, that you can lean on. Rosie and Kelly, you have anything you want to add to that, uh, your, your ideas about finding good partners? I think the other thing that goes along with that is that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And you can't set the expectation that, you know, you meet somebody at a trade show today and next week you're happily going along doing business together. Yep. Um, you know, because it somewhat resembles the whole dating scenario. You don't marry the first person or the you don't marry the person you first go out on a date with, you know, that same, uh, you know, in a very short period of time. you got to get to know them and really understand their business because, you know, as Don said, there are going to be shortcomings in every scenario and you have to understand that you have to make sure that you're not... Um, that you're not playing to those shortcomings and, and that you're providing worthy referrals for that particular um, strategic partner that they can really close. Um, 
Yeah, and just to add to that, I, I think the biggest thing I look for is someone else who's already worked with them, and I really dig deep, like Dawn says, and ask them, well, what was that like? How how easy is it to work with them? What are some of the things you want, you know, you can that I should look out for? Um, I think that personal referral for the strategic partner is probably the biggest um, thing that that I that I look for. I think that's a good point, Rosie. That that as you work with your referral partners, that ability one you're leveraging off of the fact that the the trust that the client has in your referral partner is being transferred to you, but mm-hmm. your your referral partner can also go a long way in saying. You know, this particular client is very analytical and really wants to hear from you every single day and wants updates periodically. Or this this particular client is very hands-off. They just want to know that you can get the job done and don't bother them until it's complete. You know, you, you can really give them um, some superior guidance on how to make it a great engagement. Yeah, I think that's that's actually a, a really great point because uh, it's, you know, even people that have the same goals, same objectives, same values, uh, you know, if there's a, a miscommunication about how to work uh, with a client, I mean, sometimes that's where, where people can fall down. And, and we all get, you know, as business owners particularly, you know, we all get very set in our routines and the way we like to work. And, uh, and so it's really a joy to find people that, that understand that and want to work that way as well. Yeah, I would add to that that um, you also need to watch each other's back. And and I think it's important for uh, referral partners to, um, for example, if, if, if Rosie refers someone to me and, and I'm working with them and they start telling me things that, that, that lead me to believe that for whatever reason they're, they are unhappy with the work that Rosie did for them or something's not working the way they should, that we as referral partners have have agreed up front that I, I will let them know immediately mm. so that they can go in and and be proactive about that rather than let that um, fester and, and simmer. I mean, it, it's really great because sometimes... Uh, you know, we all know this. We, every single one of us has, has spent a great deal of time sending out surveys or interviewing people. And, and sometimes people tell us what they think we want to hear sure. rather than what's really going on. And your referral partner can really be a, a, a very valuable set of eyes and ears on site for you. Dawn, I, I want to bring up something because this is something Dawn and I kind of committed to is both, um, regularly communicating um, so that if you're not just calling when you need something or when you want to send a referral, you're, you're communicating in between. And it's amazing how many things actually come up and it just solidifies the relationship even further. Yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, the, the, the overarching theme that I'm hearing from you guys is this takes work, you have to be consistent, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that that's, uh, you know, the, the, the people that put those elements together and stay at it are the ones that are gonna derive the, the long-term benefits. Absolutely. So renewablereferrals.com, um, I know is a site for the book. Um, where else can people uh, pick it up? Oh, they can pick it up at amazon.com. Awesome. And will there be, uh, are you guys preparing to do an audio version of it, you think, ever? <laughs> right, right now, that's not in, the, right, that's not in our plans, uh, though I'm a big fan of the audio book. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe yeah. if there's demand for it, we will do that. Well, I know You'll I, have to give us pointers. Well, I know, <laughs> I, I, I know I hear from people when, 
when mine isn't out, you know, right with the book, because there are definitely are people that that's the only way they consume content. But uh, my biggest pointer would be that it's uh, just first off to tell you it's a lot of work and you have to really get good at breathing. <laughs> it's amazing okay. how hard it is to actually read uh, out loud. <laughs> I'm picturing the six of us on an audio. That would be like crazy. <laughs> yeah, you, could, you could just go from chapter to chapter, see, so it wouldn't be that much work for, for each of you uh, individually. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Thanks, uh, Rosie, Kelly, and Don for joining me. And we're talking about renewable referrals, how to cultivate more profits. You can get uh, more information at renewablereferrals.com. And, of course, pick the book up at Amazon. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, Thanks John. John.